This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's going on there, Wackerly? Not a whole lot. Dude, it's Podcast 32 right here. Yeah, it is. I know. We're just kind of rolling right along, getting towards that 50, 50 mark. So far away still. It's still far away, but that will be quite a feat. We're going to have to definitely come up with something kind of spectacular for that one. Yeah, I think so. We're going to have to. But uh, this podcast actually kind of have a lot to get through. We've been getting a lot of comments and uh, lots of emails. A lot of people have been emailing some sick and wrong stories, and I tried to handpick some cool ones. And uh, we're, we're definitely going to discuss them here in the show today. But um, before I get into that, I just wanted to uh, remark about something interesting that happened yesterday. So yesterday I had the day off of work. I was going to go hang out with my brother. I haven't seen him in a while. And he also has uh, all the episodes of Deadwood, the uh, greatest television show ever on uh, TiVo. So it I was keeps just... a good running with the shield. Yeah. I can never decide. I don't know, dude. I, I, I dig Deadwood. So I was going to go head over to his house. And uh, as everyone knows, I mean, if you follow this podcast, my brother is as gay as a spring morning, queer as a $3 bill. Yeah. And uh, he's happy. Not proud that there's of anything it. wrong with that. No, no, nothing wrong with that. And uh, he lives right in the heart of gayness in the world, I think, like the central gay location, Castro Street in It's like uh, San the North, Pe- North Pole of being gay. Gay Santa lives there. Yeah. There are actually many gay Santas that yeah. roam Castro There's Street. There's an overabundance of gay Santas. Well, it's just funny because it's like you walk down that street and it's just you're pervaded just with gay. I mean, there's gay everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's gay. There's <laughs> shops with butt plugs in the window. There's leather men walking. It's just like a gay mecca. I love it when people with families decide for some oddball reason to move into the Castro. It's super expensive. So it's not like they live no, there it's... because it's cheap. But they move there, and then they get pissed that it's too. There's like you know, yeah, sex shops and and leather harnesses on display everywhere, and you know. But it's like chin hey, cocks. You're living in the fucking Castro. Yeah. Get used to it. You didn't notice this before before you moved in. I mean, come I mean, on. Yeah, if you have a problem living near gay people, you don't live in the Castro. I mean, it's it's just like it's impossible to avoid you know gay. The state of being gay. I mean, you even walk a little lighter in your loafers when yeah. you're walking down Castro Street. Yeah. So my brother lives on Castro. So I was heading over there to go meet him. We're going to go do lunch. And so we're walking down a, a landmark, a gay landmark on Castro, which is the Castro Street Theater. Is it is Castro Street Theater or the Castro Theater? I've normally got my eyes uh, averted down and the sungla- dark sunglasses on when I go in there. So I never even see the, Yeah, I never even <laughs> see the marquee or anything. Well, no, there's this huge historical theater that is on Castro Street that's famous, that's been there, I don't know, since like 1920s, something like that. But they always like, they have this huge marquee and they they always, um, you know, have the uh, grand openings of all the uh, big gay movies and classic movies there. It's kind of a cool theater. I don't know if you've ever been in there. You you don't want to Not that I'm going to talk about. You you don't want to sit in the last row, but... uh, (laughs) Or maybe I do. (laughs) You'd be sitting in the last row with your dick in the popcorn. It's kind of like, hey, fellas. Yeah, the floors are really the floors are really sticky there, even more than a normal movie theater. So my brother and I were walking down Castro, walk by the Castro Street Theater, and there's this huge marquee, 
that says another gay movie. I mean, and I was looking at it. Yeah, like, of course. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's Castro. Of course, there's going to be another gay movie. But oh, no, that's the actual title? The movie is okay. called Another Gay Movie, and I'm looking at it. And there are a bunch of people there. I think they're preparing for like the uh, the the opening this week. They're weekend. camping out like people do for Star Wars. <laughs> no, I don't think they were actually camping out, but there were like some uh, people filming something. They're randomly walking up to passersby and asking them like, "So, are you going to go see another gay movie? And yeah. are you excited about another gay movie?" And it pretty much Castro Street was a Twitter. I mean, everyone was excited about this the opening of this movie, and you know, I had never heard of it. I was like, well, what's another gay movie? And my brother's like, oh, dude, I've been waiting months to see this. He's so excited. And I'm like, well, what, what is it about? And he's like, well, it's it's kind of like a gay American pie. The movie like, American Pie. Yeah, remember the movie American Pie? Yeah, it's like a teenage sex comedy romp type thing. Well, the, the with that dude that, like, uh, I think Shannon Elizabeth was in it, and the one dude, like, you know, and Eugene Levy, and he sticks his dick in the pie. Not Eugene Levy, but the guy who plays his son. Yeah, I mean, Eugene Levy catches his son fucking the pie. Right, hence the name. Hence the name. So so this is that type of thing, teen gay sex? It's, it's teen gay sex. And I guess what they're doing is they, they, they're making a gay parody of American Pie, and it's called Another Gay Movie. So I was looking at it, and I mean, it's, it's a big, there's a big hullabaloo going on in, on Castro Street. Everyone, everyone's excited about it. I'm just like, oh, dude, I've never even heard of this movie. What's it about? My brother's like, oh, dude, it's about these four gay dudes. That uh, you know, are about to go to college, but they want to lose their anal virginity before they go to college. So I, I look it up online. Here, here's the synopsis: Andy is your typical all-American seventeen-year-old gay virgin. Like everyone else, he's dying to have sex. Totally out of the closet, mad, crazy, horny. This naive high school senior is caught in that awkward vortex between child and adult. Much to the dismay of his mom, who wonders why all her carrots and cucumbers keep disappearing. Hmm. I think that's a gag running in the uh, movie here. Andy spends much of his private time practicing for the big moment when he'll finally take the plunge. You know, I wonder if a lot of gay gay dudes do that. You think? Take the plunge? No, just kind of practice with some cucumbers, sticks to random objects up there just to see. But apparently that doesn't count as losing. That doesn't count as losing your anal anal virginity. No, definitely not. So Andy is not alone. He attends high school with his three best friends, all of them totally out loud and proud. Jer's a buff, blonde varsity jock stud, Griff is the valedictorian sinewy, sexy, and a closet romantic. Nico is the pierced alternative gay kid cinema expert. And the guys will have one thing in common. They're all booty virgins. See, I'm sensing there's a some there's like a logical fallacy in this plot line because the whole point of American Pie is these guys are trying to get laid before they go to college, but you know, they can't because the girls are you know, the, their pussies are up because on pedestals. It's, it's difficult to get laid in high school. Yeah, exactly. Girls, girls don't want to seem like sluts, but there's four dudes who are friends. They're all gay. They're all anal virgins. And then why don't they fuck each other? It sounds like the shortest movie in the universe. Like, what is it? Just 15 minutes? Well, dude, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. It's like my brother's explaining this to me, and I'm like, dude, this the premise of this movie is flawed. I was like. Okay, so these dudes want to lose their butt, their butt anal virginity before they go to college. Four guys, why don't they just fuck each other? Yeah. And my brother's like, well, because they, they don't want to. <laughs> I'm like, well, dude, that makes no sense. In, in American Pie, those guys are all trying to get laid because it's difficult to get laid. Right. I mean, it's an obstacle that we all tried to, like, 
surmount. You know, I mean, we're all trying to overcome the obstacle of right. getting laid, but it's that, like, that's what provides the narrative tension to, to the plot. Exactly. I mean, as you said before, there's like, no tension you know, in this movie. Girls have like a you know, eight, seventeen year old girls have a Chinese wall <laughs> erected around their vaginas. I right. mean, it's just like you're not getting through that. And you've chastity got a chip. Belt. You've got a chip away at that wall for just just ever, and you have to take them to movies and buy them stuffed bears for Christmas. And you gotta wine them. You gotta dine them. No, I mean seriously, it's it's like it's it's a task. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, you really do have to go through like. Many obstacles and barriers to actually get laid in high school unless you're like some super stud or something. Well, or or if you're just willing, which no guy in high school ever is, and I, I just think it's ridiculous. If I could go back to high school, I would totally do this. If you just find the, uh, you know, your high school's cum dumpster, yeah, resident cum dumpster, then it would be easy. But every guy thinks that they have like some kind of standards where they're in high school. And then but, but it ta- you got to get, th- get through college to recognize to know yourself that you don't have any standards. Well, even then, though, I mean, you kind of have to be one of the popular kids to get some ass. I mean, or, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's like you're like, you don't want ever all your friends to find out that you fucked the cum dumpster. Or you don't want to fuck the cum dumpster that all your friends fucked. (laughs) Because you think you're better than everybody or something. Well, usually what happens, like what happened in my case, is like, you you have a girlfriend, and she's willing to do everything but sex. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, she'll do everything else, but it's like, so what are you going to dump her because she doesn't want to have sex with you? You know, it's difficult to get laid. Looking back. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas, like, gay dudes... I mean, gay guys, they can get laid anytime they want. It's so simple for gay men to get laid. I mean, these dudes, first of all, could fuck each other. Second of all, they could walk right down the middle of Castro and be like, hey, I'm an 18-year-old gay dude, and I want to have butt sex with someone out here. And they would have like 50 dudes lining up, ready to fuck them in the ass. I guess the target audience of this movie probably doesn't have these uh, plausibility concerns about their, you know, the movies that they go to see that we do. Well, I think th- I think what it is is they're asking us to suspend, or they're asking their audience to suspend their disbelief yeah. about it. I mean, gay men know that they can get laid on the bus. They know they can go to a rest stop or a park. Especially 18-year-old gay dudes. Yeah, it's not like you're talking about some 45-year-old troll right. like my brother. I mean, this is like, this is like Just trying to get laid. gay dudes. Get, trying to get laid one more time before he goes into the old folks' home. Dude, I, I just don't understand it. But, I mean, it's it's kind of whatever. I mean, I, I'm sure it's like they're going to, like, make fun of all the uh, gay stereotypes like American Pie did with all yeah. the uh, straight, you know, single gay, you know, single dudes trying to get laid. You know, the stereotypes from that. But I, I don't know. I just don't see how this movie makes any sense. It's just not plausible. I can't imagine this movie is going to get a much wide distribution throughout the United States or I don't know, anywhere dude, else. The gay men are into it. Yeah, but... It's going to be in spe- specific theaters and specific areas of specific towns. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe the sick and r- wrong audience can vote on this. Go go check out anothergaymovie.com. It's actually making some headlines right now. I think it's debuting. Definitely going to be a big thing in San Francisco. It's funny that you bring up your brother, though, because uh, I noticed that somebody... We got some more comments on iTunes, which is great. You know, reviews of the show. Let other people that go to the iTunes page love know how people, great the show is. I love when people comment But we got on kind iTunes. of like a weird... Uh, the guy, apparently... We got a weird comment. The guy who left it apparently likes the show, but I, I'm kind of depressed by the comment because what he says what is... He, say? he says, these guys are funny. Okay, good. One of them has a gay brother who's sicker than just about all the articles they find. <laughs> Says funny, <laughs> awesome. But it just makes me kind of like, 
I don't know. I feel like this is futile. What we, you know, what we do every week when we just bring your brother in, and everybody likes that more than anything we do, anyways. Dude, I, you know what I think? You know what I think? This guy's onto something. We should tr- try to hire my brother to be like our mascot. Yeah. I mean, he he definitely does like, you know, typify all that is sick and wrong. Yeah. In society. <clears throat> but it's kind of cool that uh, he's appreciated. Yeah, at least he likes the show, I guess. But then but again, I it's feel, like, I feel like, what are we, chopped liver? We're doing this. Every, he he's comes stealing in one, our thunder. He comes in one time, and that you know he you know he's got a fan club, and and nobody says that we're that great. I guess they say that the show is funny, but that's well, yeah. I feel I mean, unloved. I, I yeah, so do I. I but but we do have some other comments on there. Yeah, there's some other good yeah. ones, but uh, My, it's not as cool as the total rubbish comment. I don't know. We invite other people. Leave some comments for us on iTunes. Make, yeah. make us feel appreciated here. Right. But Come anyway, on, people. Yeah. Anyway, we must move on. And uh, yeah, if you're a gay guy, it's easy for you to get laid, okay? So uh, quit quit your whining. Quit putting your ass up on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they always put their ass on a pedestal. I swear to God. I don't know. There's no movie called The 40-Year-Old Gay Version because no 40-year-old guy who is gay would ever be a virgin. No, it just would never happen. Virginity is just something that doesn't exist in the gay community. It's I'm actually sorry. one of the biggest selling points, I think, of, of the gay lifestyle, in my yeah. opinion. is you could lose your virginity when you're like eight. You I mean, can get laid all the time. Anytime you want to. Right. Because, I mean, you're dealing with other horny dudes. Unless it's you have just, gigantic anal polyps, gay guys might stay away I guess from my that. whole issue is, is with it. It does not compare to American Pie because American Pie is about the difficulties that we faced <laughs> when we were kids. And it's, not, it's like, not difficult for them. Yeah, but it's not like American Pie is our favorite movie or something. No, no. I'm just saying that the comparison doesn't hold true. That slot is reserved for Sling Blade. Sling Blade, yes. They should make a gay parody of, parody of Sling Blade. Yeah, they should do that. <laughs> I'm sure there is probably a gay porn version of Sling Blade. All right, we should we'll get on with the story. Yeah. With the we'll, show. we'll have to get into it. Well, a uh, quick recap of the show, the way Sick and Wrong works. It's competition between uh, myself and Mr. Wackerly here. We come the internet and uh, various newspapers trying to find the most disturbing articles of the week, present them here on the show. The audience votes, Sick and Wrong Podcast at Hotmail.com, and the winner gets a case of MGD, as usual. I believe last week... I think you received more votes than I did, surprisingly enough. I had that, like, pedophile article about that, or pederast, who was starting his own church, and I think you had the article about the dog holocaust. And, dude, yeah. you, you received, like, 25 votes for that. Yeah, the internet I, I received, is, like, 10. The internet is full of animal lovers who just will go crazy when they hear dude, that Dude, it's just, like, dogs dying versus little, like, retarded kids getting butt-raped. And I actually heard that the dog holocaust is continuing in China. It's moving to other town, bigger townships, or whatever the fuck they call them, provinces, where they have more dogs, but, like, the rabies cases are... are are uh, expanding, so they're killing more dogs. So they're even killing more dogs now. Yeah. Great. Keep that's, an eye on it. That's just great. We'll have to do a follow-up. Well, since you won last week, um, I'm going to have to pass the mic over to you to start it off here for Podcast 32. All right. I think I got a pretty good one, so. So I found this story about a, uh, I'm just going to call her the Brooklyn Ninja Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And let me preface this with just a rule of thumb that I have is having children is probably not a great idea. (laughs) Ever. Dating or marrying a girl who has children already is an even worse idea. 
And if you find yourself in that situation, don't date a woman who has a daughter who also has kids. Because it's just, you're just you're opening just, yourself you're opening up for a shit box. storm. Yeah, you're seriously opening up Pandora's box there. And that's what happened to this guy. And second of all, it's not your genes. So a young Brooklyn mother killed her stepfather by flinging a pair of scissors into his chest as she reached the boiling point oh, in damn. a long simmering argument over living in his house. <laughs> Authorities and witnesses said. She flung scissors? Yeah, so Ninja. Lin- Linda Delaney, who's 26, uh, is expected to be charged uh, Monday night in the death of her stepdad, Daniel Ilardi, 55. They both live in a area of Brooklyn out there in New York State, New York City, actually. Um, so she lives with uh, she lives with her stepdad, with her two year old daughter Alexa, and it's just it's just an issue, you know. It's just a something that's just causing strife within this guy's marriage. He has other kids there. She's in there, just always eating, you know, always you know eating all the food and just lying around the house, being kind of like. So know. he has kids of his own with this woman, right? Okay. Well, and... with with Linda Delaney's mother, oh, okay. biological mother. But then he also has to be responsible for this. So he has he has a son uh, who actually lives there too, and and she sounds like the best st- stepsister ever. Uh, so before this event happened, uh, she walked up to her stepbrother who she lives with, and she said, "I'm gonna kill your father. Your father's dead." <laughs> Great. So this is no this Thanks, is sis. this is no like Brady Bunch, you know, where everybody's just cordial, just to one each happy other, family. It doesn't sound like the problems. Partridge family here. So they were just arguing all day, apparently. Um, at one point, the argue- argument became so heated that Delaney swung a box cutter at her stepfather, who managed to wrestle it away from her, according to his son. Damn, dude, this girl's violent. Why, why wouldn't they lock her up, send her to boarding school? Um, actually, the cops say that they never, they never had to come to this house before this happened. So, okay, so but, this is an uh, isolated incident? Isolated incident, but friends of this daughter Ugh. say that, they, that she was always having, you know, arguing and screaming and yelling, and, and the stepfather was always screaming and yelling at her. So one of her friends, uh, Jennifer, who's also 26, said uh, the argument began, this is one of my favorite parts, because Delaney wanted to go on the internet to check her MySpace account. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, there's so much strife fueled by MySpace. You know, it's like his computer that he's like, you know, he's playing video games on. He's got all his kitty porn. Yeah, his kitty porn. She's like, I'm going to check my MySpace account. Bitch. (laughs) Get get the fuck off the computer, you whore. Whatever. I'll do what I want. (laughs) At about 5:30 p.m., Delaney allegedly. This I is. I bet you she's fat. I don't know, but she's this just this chick. I can't believe. Is there a picture? Is she hot? I, there's no picture, but I can't believe she's unemployed because she has like lethal skills. Yeah, dude. I mean, why is, about, she, why is she an assassin? So listen to this. About 5:30 p.m., Delaney allegedly flung the scissors at her stepfather, who was standing about five feet away. The scissors struck the stepfather's chest, piercing his right <laughs> ventricle before falling to the ground. Dude. I don't even think Uma Thurman did that in Kill Bill this, with a pair this, of scissors. Oh, this chick could kick the shit out of Uma Thurman, <laughs> that skinny fucking blonde Norwegian bitch, Uma. Yeah, but I fuck bet you you'd rather fuck Uma than her. Yeah, you're probably right. Although this one's kind of wild. Well, what did I say? I don't fuck chicks with kids. Okay. Um. So this is funny too. So Delaney's unemployed, but you know what? Dog in a hallway. You know what her? Uh, you know what her? Uh, her job prospect or his her dream job? The dream that she's training. Uh, dream job that she's training to do. What? Security guard. 
She'd be an awesome security guard. You don't even have to give her a gun. Dude, I would hire her to protect my shit. You could give her some scissors <laughs> yeah. or a stapler. A stapler, you know, some white punch <laughs> that she could like whip through the air at a, at a criminal's face and it would like lodge through the back of She's his head. She's an office space assassin. I don't know though. Security guard, I could see that, but I think even better, bouncer. Ooh. Yeah, that might work. I think she'd give uh, Patrick Swayze a run for her money at the roadhouse. Oh, I mean, definitely, dude. She could pick up like a shot glass. She's versatile. And just throw it into somebody's eye. Yeah, I mean, she's versatile. She uses things from her surroundings. Yeah. So so apparently this guy, you know, she threw the scissors at him, stuck right in his chest, far enough to pierce his heart. I, I assume I mean, they she were, must have throw, thrown them kind of hard. I, I assume they were spinning through the air like a throwing star. Yeah, I picture it like. So, so he actually lived for a little while. They took him to the hospital. Uh, and I wonder about, if he lived long enough to be like, you fucking bitch. So this happened at 5.30 p.m. About 3.30 a.m. at the hospital, the guy finally croaked. Ah, that's too bad. Finally, sweet relief from this fucking crappy ass home life he had. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually, it's I, I think with him, blessing in disguise. Yeah. So uh, her friends are trying to say, you know, he was abusive and all that. But I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, she whipped a pair of scissors through his heart. I think she's at fault. Dude, she attacked him with a box cutter. Yeah. Well, that that was before the scissor thing. The, the girl's psychotic. It's just, you shouldn't, if you have that kind of a stepdaughter, you shouldn't have any sharp objects in the house. Because she's, no. she's, a, she's a lethal weapon. With she anything. should be wearing one of those, like, lector outfits. Yeah. You know, at all times, yeah. wrapped up with a mouth guard. Yeah. I don't know how she would take care of her kid. Then you'd have to take care of her kid. Yeah, that's true. Wrap that up, too. I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm sure she's like, she probably bred like another whole group of violent assassins. It's just a lineage of psychopaths. Something like that. Lethal psychopaths. On the uh, sick and wrong scale, it's going to be kind of high. I mean, she murdered her stepfather with a pair of scissors. It's not like she stabbed him or shot him. There's always get, all these stories get extra points in my book for uh, unique weaponry. Creativity. Creativity. Definitely. So uh, I would say on sick and wrong scale, I'm gonna have to give that probably seven point eight. I'm gonna give it a eight point one. Eight point one. Yeah, that's kind of high. Well, uh, you know, we can have the uh, sick and wrong audience vote on that one. Sick and wrong podcast at hotmail dot com. But before you do that, you got to hear my article All right, for uh, bring podcast thirty two. <laughs> You might have actually heard of this guy because it's kind of been all over the news. But um, Ohio just recently executed the youngest man since like 1944. I don't know if you heard about this guy's 28 years old. Ohio on Tuesday executed a man who said he enjoyed stabbing to death three people. That seems pretty them. old to me. 28? Yeah. Yeah, no, they, Surprising. Haven't, they haven't executed anyone uh, younger than that. So, Ohio on Tuesday executed a man who said he enjoyed stabbing to death three people, beating them, and stomping on them with steel-toed boots when he robbed them. His name's Daryl Ferguson. <laughs> Dude, and you got to check out a picture of this guy. Ferg. We're, we're going to have to post a picture on the internet. I don't know if, you, if you've seen Fergie, but he's pretty cool. So, he's the youngest person put to death in Ohio since 1962. My bad. So, yeah, youngest person since 62. Died by injection, 1021 a.m., at a Southern Ohio Correctional Facility. He asked specifically for the death penalty at the sentencing and opted not to pursue appeals, which could have delayed his execution for years. You know, I wonder how often that happens. Where Especially you have... when you're 28. I yeah. mean, maybe if you're 65 and you just recognize that you're a piece of shit and you just don't care anymore. 
Totally. I mean, this guy's 28 years but old. But he had his whole his whole psychotic life ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had so many more people to murder. So many years and to just save her living in jail. Yeah, I wonder if the judge is just like, oh, sweet. All right. This wraps up this case. Mm-hmm. But I'm so, going to play um, some golf. He told his mother and father just before he was injected that he loved them. And he didn't, didn't say anything to the witnesses for the victims. And his mother, who has uh, several quotes in this article. She's great. Donna Davis said as he died... You're going to be in peace now, Gator. I guess Gator was his nickname. Um, Calling Ferguson by his nickname. Forgive them. They don't know what they do. And he didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) Is that supposed to be some (laughs) reference to the Bible? (laughs) Dude, she makes no sense whatsoever. I have another good uh, quote from her, too. Ferguson was the second inmate executed using the state's new lethal injection protocol. Adopted after an execution in May was delayed when prison staff struggled to find a usable vein on this inmate who asked them to find another way to kill him because it was so painful. Can't they just employ, because they had this problem in California too, can't they just employ some out-of-work junkie, you know, who has a lot of experience tying up and finding veins? And finding veins, yeah. It's like they've always got some fucking Daryl in there who's like, I can't stick the needle in. Well, I think the problem too is you're executing people who probably use intravenous drugs and have no, like, functioning veins in their arms anymore. A junkie would help you with that. He'd be like, oh, you gotta use the foot or (laughs) the neck. Inject him in his asshole. Sorry, dude. They know. (laughs) They know all the spots. I guess Ferguson had more close examinations of his veins prior to execution, and the guidelines called for two injection sites to be prepared and a new method of ensuring veins to stay open. He double-fisted. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about this. If given the option, are you given the option when you're executed how how you want to be executed? I have heard that some people in some states are given the option. So you can request uh, the the electric chair. You can request okay. lethal injection. I knew you were going to have this problem. You're given the option, but you don't have just carte blanche. You can't just say like, yeah, I'd like to be. Have you ever seen Kentucky Fried Movie? I guess I'm asking you and the listeners. I have seen that. Yeah, so I've in that, that movie, before. you know, a guy chooses to be chased off a cliff by like a big horde of topless women. You can't just pick whatever you want. No, but I mean, don't they have like the the big three? It's like, or the big two? Is it's like, can't you just choose lethal injection or or gas chamber? I don't think they don't do gas chamber anymore, do they? I think they do the gas chamber after they do the electric chair. I think I would do that one. Actually, you know what I would do if I if I had to choose, I would do firing squad. They still do that? No, I don't think so. Unless you live in like Botswana, I bet you (laughs) Texas does firing squad. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Dude, I, I bet the, the Alamo's in Texas. I bet you they do Firing Squad. Okay, the Alamo. I know Saddam yeah, right. Hussein just requested Firing Squad. Yeah, but he's crazy. Dude, what a great way to die, though. You're blindfolded, you're standing there, and it's just like, you know, 10 dudes get to shoot you. I mean, in Iraq, they still do decapitation, so well, what would you can't you compare that to here. What would you choose, the guillotine? Um, Which actually would be kind of cool, because your head could still move afterwards. Yeah, you could count how many seconds I could, you know, talk, make eye <laughs> <Bitches>. contact. <laughs> I'd, probably tr- uh, I'd probably choose the gallows. So uh, I guess Daryl Ferguson, let me get into here what, uh, what he did. He was convicted of three counts of aggravated murder and the Christmas Day killings of Thomas King, 61 years old. This happened in 2001. And the deaths the next day of uh, Arlie Fugate, 68, and his wife, May, 69 years old. He likes the holidays. He also likes the elderly. King was disabled and used crutches. Arlie Fugate had cancer, and May took meals to wheelchair-bound neighbors. These were like, you know, benign 
caring, benevolent old people. He was kind of chasing after the wounded buffalo. Yeah. The victims let Ferguson into their homes in Dayton because they knew him. I guess Ferguson's mother had been married to King's brother, one of the victims, and Ferguson's family had once lived near the Fugates. He committed the murders after getting a two-day pass on December 21st to leave a Cincinnati drug treatment program he had been ordered to attend following a burglary, burglary conviction. Apparently, he had been huffing chemicals since he was like 15 years old. That's a good high. Smoking crack since he had been 18. Another good one. I guess he used to uh, take to the streets of Dayton, Ohio, and just kind of wander, smoking crack and huffing. And I swear to God, dude, you got to see the picture of this guy. He, he looks like Uncle Fester. He's just completely bald. He's got this, like, goatee. But he's, he's only just, 28. He's a young Uncle Fester. Yeah, but he's fat. He's, like, over 230 pounds. Oh, he was, boy. like, a former high school wrestler. So he has to chase those sickly people. He can't. He's not going to catch anybody else. So at his sentencing, not only did he request the death penalty, he taunted the families of the victims, saying he enjoyed killing their loved ones, had no remorse, and if released from prison, he would pick up where he left off. He then finished by saying he also worships Satan. <laughs> this dude just was like, you know what? I'm going to do everything in my power to get the death penalty here. Apparently. Okay, jury? And, uh, I'm def- sure his lawyer loved him. Yeah, his defense attorney, Victor Hodge, said his behavior might have been a ploy to make sure he was sentenced to death so he could avoid spending the rest of his life in prison. So when he was being executed, when the curtain covering to the uh, window to the death chamber was pulled closed, I-, I wonder if they do that afterwards or during. No idea. I don't know. They don't just let anybody into the view those things. You got to get a special pass. Like you have to be part of the press or one of the, you know, or part of the victims' families. Yeah, there. I mean, there were several members of the victims' families there, and uh, his mother was there. And so, when the uh, curtain to the uh, window of the death chamber is being pulled closed, his mother's his mother said, "Satan, you aren't as strong as you thought you were. All you did was make people suffer as you like to do, but you didn't get him. You didn't get him." He had the power to change. Thank you, Heavenly Father. <laughs> how did his? How did her son change? Well, he changed from a living dude into a dead fat guy. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I guess um, he. She also said he didn't worship Satan. He used Satan to be put to death because he didn't want to spend the rest of his life in prison. Said Donna Davis, who watched the execution by injection at the uh, facility. He's in God's hands now and Satan is running. During the execution, Ferguson made a fist and extended his index and pinky fingers, which meant he was giving the devil sign while he was dying. (laughs) Isn't that great? Rock and roll. (laughs) When asked about the symbol, his mother said she didn't know what it meant. (laughs) Dude, this guy is so great. So... So she's in the viewing room with the victim's family saying all this bullshit? Yeah, screaming while he's, while he's being put to death, with, like surrounded by members of the victim's family. That must have been pleasant for but everybody I mean, involved. If you, if you think about it, most people when they're you know, on their, their last breath as they're you know, being put to death, they're just saying they're like, oh, you know, I, I, you know, they express their remorse. You know, they, they express their sorrow to the victim's families and everything. And then, they shit you know, themselves. Yeah, shit themselves, thank God, or praise God, whatever. This dude's like flashing the devil horns. Isn't that guy great? I think he's trying to get uh, an upper echelon position in hell. You know, maybe he can get some authority down there. I don't know. He he said he enjoyed um, stomping on all the victims. That's what he said dur- during the sentences. Sentencing. He, he enjoyed stomping all the victims. And uh, they found the two older people, the two older couples, stabbed eight times with boot-shaped bruises on their faces. <laughs> 
So, I mean, this dude stomped the fuck out of him on Christmas. God, just an evil man. Evil, evil man. man. All in all, on the sick and wrong scale, just in terms of creativity and the fact that he was flashing the devil sign as he was being put to death, I have to give this guy an 8.5. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to give it. 8.5? We're in uh, agreement on that. We need to wrap up the show here, and uh, as usual, as we get towards the end, we like to uh, discuss uh, listener email, and um, as I mentioned before at the beginning of the podcast, dude, we received a ton of email this week. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, one in particular, I want to uh, thank one loyal listener here for sending me the most disgusting video I think I've ever seen in my life, and I knew it was a matter of time till we received this one, and I showed it to you there, Wackerly. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, by the way. Yeah, this it's guy really named great. Brian. Brian sent us this email. All he said was, check this out. And he sends us a link. And uh, for a limited time, maybe just for a week, we should post this link. But do you remember, I'm sure most listeners recall, when we did that article about that dude who was fucked to death by the horse? This was like 25 podcasts ago. Yeah, this was a while ago. I don't even remember when. This was a while ago. Very but early on we did this This dude story. was like in Washington. They had like their little cabal that used to go to like farms and fuck animals yeah the livestock fucking club the livestock fucking club yeah or get <laughs> fucked by livestock club so uh this dude got fucked by this horse and uh actually died from internal wounds and so there's a video they used to videotape it and, and uh i think we made a shout out on the podcast saying hey if you got this video send it to us you know ha 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 this would be pretty cool so this dude actually sent us the video of the dude getting fucked by the horse yeah it's like that ancient chinese curse like may you get what you ask for you don't see the guy die but you see the biggest you might horse as cock well. i think i've ever seen in my life dude it made me lose my dinner it was probably one of the most foul things i've ever witnessed but uh yeah brian i wanted to thank you for uh making me sick and uh making my girlfriend sick too i didn't get laid that night thanks thanks to you and uh yeah we're gonna post this link for uh our listening audience why not I'm not looking at the video anymore. So I'm not looking I'll at the video. I'll put the link up, but I'm not going to post the picture or any no. screen capture or anything like that because it's seriously disturbing. Yeah, it's just foul. Moving on, uh, we got another email here from a guy named Ashton. Um, Ashton actually uh, was praising the show. Thank you, Ashton. And um, he said we're one of the few non-science news podcasts that he likes, which is kind of <laughs> cool. Dude <laughs> listens to a lot of science podcasts. Um, but he also mentioned that, I guess... A while ago, you did something about an S&M club that was doing home castrations. Oh, right. The basement home dungeon thing in Florida, I believe. He he said that we brought up the item of nudicles, but we didn't really uh, research it or explain what nudicles were. Yeah, I almost forgot about nudicles. He said nudicles are testicular implants created for dogs, cats, horses, and cows that have been neutered. Uh, the only way he knows this is uh, about hearing the inventor of nudicles winning a Nick Nobel Prize in 2005 for medical science. 
I guess they uh, put the implants on there so the animals can, you know, maintain their virility or something. The Nobel Prize? The ignoble Prize. (laughs) (laughs) So, But uh, Ashton also sent us a sick and wrong story that I think merits discussion here on the show. Um, He's from Oklahoma, and he said this is a local myth in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he lives, unfortunately. And I kind of agree with him on that, being from the Midwest myself. Well, that's the South. Oh, yeah, I guess it's technically the South. (laughs) Probably just as bad. He says it's probably a couple years old at most, and he cannot prove this happened, but sources claim that it's true. And uh, we always do appreciate local myths here. So the story, he says, deals with some sexual misconduct involving a waitress at a local Irish pub-themed restaurant. According to sources, this girl from the eatery was dating some guy for a while. Things were getting somewhat serious. One night, the woman goes over the guy's house and at some point goes down on him. Nothing wrong with that. But here's when I things... encourage that sort of behavior. Exactly. I mean, that's what should happen. And here's when when uh, things went awry. Uh, some days later, the chick developed a rash on and around her mouth. She went to the doctor, and the doctor, after saw after seeing her, ran some tests on the infection, and he asked her what she had been up to in the last few days. <laughs> she was reluctant to tell him what she had been doing, and. Um, I guess what she suspects has caused the problem, thinking that, you know, she had some kind of VD. The doctor tells her that it's very important that she tells him because the bacteria found in her mouth only comes from one source. So she spills the beans. She tells him what happens. The doctor then asks for the guy's information. Again, she, she, submits, <clears throat> she submits to him. Now, here's what actually happened. Turns out that the guy worked at a morgue. And the bacteria that was found in her mouth came from dead bodies. And upon investigation, it so happens that he had been having sex with corpses for quite some time. And apparently he doesn't wash his uh, member after um, having sex with a dead body before going on a date. (laughs) So uh, apparently he infected her. Apparently he's not using a condom either. (laughs) (laughs) Corpse condom. Yeah, apparently he's not. Do you really need to use a condom when you're fucking a corpse? I don't know. Apparently you do. Or you might submit some bacteria to uh, your your girlfriend. That's a funny question, though. Can you if a if somebody dies and they had syphilis and then you fuck their corpse, can you still get syphilis even though they're dead? Or does the syphilis virus die also? You know, you know I have no idea. You think that it would would last because I mean it's it's infected tissue. Maybe you could just spray bleach in there before you go about your business. My question is. Have you ever heard of any bacteria that can be transmitted from corpse asshole to girl's mouth? No. I mean, I'm not saying that he was fucking corpse assholes. He might have actually been fucking corpse vaginas. But can this happen? This sounds like an urban myth to me. Here's what makes me skeptical about it. The doctor knew that this bacteria had to come from a corpse. Well. if but I mean, bac- how would he know this? If there's a bacteria that's in a corpse body, why couldn't it? Why wouldn't he just be like, "Have you been fucking a corpse, or maybe some rancid meat?" But he knew it was a corpse. That's what makes it sound kind of like an urban myth to me. Yeah, but I mean, how? What? What bacteria Cause once you're comes dead, specifically you just from a corpse? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, I mean, the bacteria would also grow in other, you know, meat-related. Because that's all you are when you're a corpse is a it, piece of meat. It just meat. surprises me. Is it like this... soul bacteria, like you know, residual, like you know? I mean, no. I guess you could say that it's some type of bacteria that starts eating rotting flesh or something. But I mean, this guy was in a morgue. I mean, he had probably been treated with like you know formaldehyde or whatever. What if he worked at a deli counter? <laughs> 
and he was and fucking the, the turkey. And he was fucking the, 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 the cold cow. cuts. Yeah, <laughs> the cold cuts. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It, it sounds to me suspiciously like an urban myth. Yeah. I don't know. But if anybody knows anything about it, maybe they could. Uh, or if us. anyone has actually heard a similar story to this, email us, sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. And uh, yeah, just let us in on this because I'm calling bullshit on this. I, I think this is an urban myth. Which I think, you know, the story is funny. Even if it's not true, it still has value. But yeah, I do think it's a myth. Although I'm not I'm not discounting the fact that uh, dudes that work in morgues, I, I've known one guy in particular that I suspect has sex with corpses. Oh, I completely believe yeah. that. I, I do believe that. And I bet you the guy probably did have sex with corpses and uh, ended up having sex with his girlfriend yeah. after that. I do not I do not deny that there are guys Dude, who, works wonder... in, who work in morgues and fuck corpses. I just I deny the existence of this unique corpse bacteria. And the, yeah, and the fact that she went to the doctor and all that. But you know, I wonder like do you think the girl was just like your dick tastes weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's like, this tastes kind of like a dead guy. Or like formaldehyde. <laughs> it tastes like formaldehyde. There, there's something up here. And, you know, I'm just surprised that she wasn't concerned. But then again, don't you think she'd be a little concerned about, like, you know, I'm dating some guy that works at a morgue? You'd think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she's I'm a goth not. chick and likes it, though. Yeah, she probably is like a goth chick. Well, anyway, Ashton Oliva, I'd like to thank you for sending in that, uh, Great article there. Great story. And say hi to Demi Moore and Bruce Willis when you get a chance. <laughs> get them to listen to the show. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, sending in all those great articles. We have some more to get to uh, next podcast, but right now we're out of time. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to uh, Podcast 33, which is coming up next week. And as always, yeah, leave us a couple of comments on iTunes or maybe uh, give us a vote on Podcast Alley. But uh, until next week, take it sleazy. Goodbye.